Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Hi, I'm Terence Komal, and I'm in the great pleasure of Mrs. Omi Naya. She's a great community activist based in Durban, South Africa, who's dedicated, if I understand correctly, more than the last 35 years on community projects. I'm talking to her now in August because, one, it's, it's Women's Month, and also more pertinently, to explore the topic of what has the impact been on the COVID crisis, not just in communities, but specifically women in the COVID and Corona crisis. How are you, Mrs. Naya? Good afternoon, I would say, and I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. Just a little correction, my 34th year wow. in community. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, more than half my life, I would say. Correct, correct. I think the reason, you know, I, I said we'll talk is because you've been doing amazing work, and I think something that's been top of mind, and I think the listeners will appreciate that, is it somebody at your age, you know, people would say people over 60 there's always the excuse of born before technology, you know, not being exposed to technology. And just this afternoon, I had I had conversations with family who their first excuse is, but I didn't grow up with this. And you've built massive communities, not just physically, but online. I know some of the communities you lead on Facebook are massively engaged communities of more than 30,000 odd people. So so hats off to you to, to for being able to not just embrace technology, but maximize its opportunity to, to take forth the messages you, you, you're empowering people with. Yes, ex um, exactly. You know, lots of people say social media is a bad thing, but I have found it, uh, uh, it's an amazing networking to reach people who you would not normally reach. And this is how I was able to network, change lives and make a difference. Indeed. And that in itself is a big positive. So when lots of people say, oh, all you do is sit on your telephone, uh, it's not just chatting. It's making a real contribution in people's lives out there. Correct. Correct. And I, I can stand testament to that. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm part of the community and I see the regular engagement and the real value it creates for community. But in Women's Month and, and being in the middle of the COVID crisis, we're now entering August. What, is, what have you seen in the community and the work that you're doing that the impact has specifically been on women in the community? Well, the main thing I have seen is it's put a lot of pressure on women. Uh, being in the workplace, being in the home environment, it all comes around to being able to sustain themselves. And lots of them who normally would have made a living are finding it very, very difficult at this time. Therefore, it is up to us to help others to make their lives, uh, you know, uh, easy, I would say. And this is how I step in to assist people on the ground. Sure. Mrs. Naya, something that, you know, I've, I've engaged with some of my colleagues internationally, and maybe, maybe you share your thoughts with me on it, is there's a changing trend of women empowerment with the COVID crisis. And this is in the context is previously women were responsible for the household traditionally using using the normal stereotype and therefore they could not be in full-time employment now that work has worked from from office based to remote that means a housewife could now become an active participant in a corporate environment because she doesn't really need to leave home 
Yes, it does have its positives and its negatives, especially now with the lockdown. Most people do not have the nannies at home. So uh, I think the mindsets have changed when we have our married woman working from home, got the little kids running around, and people are more amenable to having the kids screaming or crying in the background and what have you. But <laughs> it has made life so much more easier and um, being able to be at home and do what is required of you. Um, my daughter is in the very same situation with a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and she has to be online most of the time in conference calls. So in that way, lots of them have found it to be a big plus where the time they spent in traffic is now being able to use it more profitably uh, before they actually go onto their computers. Indeed. So, yeah, they've learned time management and a lot of else would, uh, you know, which goes with it. But I would think I've, speak, I've spoken to a lot of people and they said they don't mind um, with this new norm of working from home. As much as they feel it's a positive that they can make a good contribution by working from home, but they also find there is a negative whereby they are expected to be online after working hours. Now, I don't think that is fair. I think, you know, the, the proper office hours should be, uh, you know, acknowledged and work stops at a certain time because they are getting emails throughout the night and are expected to respond to it. That is not fair. So on that, yeah, I think on that grounds, uh, some changes need to be done. But other than that, with women working from home at the moment, lots of them are, some are enjoying it, but some of them are finding it very difficult <clears throat> because now they go to balance the running of a home, seeing to the family and working from home. It's not as if they're leaving home, going to the office and coming back. So there's a lot of juggling to be done. I suppose in time, it will get better and people can now decide which route they would prefer because most companies are realizing the benefits of staff working from home with the, uh, you know, I would think the savings in rentals, transport, time, and a whole lot more which goes with it. There is also a dynamic that we're seeing in some of the big journals internationally where they're saying remote work is great but it becomes difficult to maintain a, a functional culture. Because when you're in a work environment, there's a certain camaraderie, it's collegiality, there's a community and a family built in that environment. What has been your experience with, with your decades of, of, of working in the old model, if we call it? Um, well, I would say, you know, you tend to build up relationships, you, de you tend to build up fellowships, and you become a family. I've, I've left corporate world 40 years ago. So it's a long time, and but being involved in community uh, organizations, um, especially with schools, we have built up, it's not a school anymore, it's a family. And that is how you tend to build the uh, relationships, you tend to build up uh, working together, and everybody basically pulls in the same direction. You, you know, you get more confidence in that. 
now with being away from the office, away from the corporate world, we I'm not sure how that that will be a real downer because there's times when people need to go to work and get something off the chest. They, they have a confidant at work. You know, this, these are the things which they are going to miss. So how do you deal with that aspect? That will be a tough one. Yes. Um, and I think some, most people, I wouldn't say most, there may be a handful of people who feel working away from home is an escapism. So we mustn't forget about that as well, especially living in an extended family uh, how do you cope in working from home when you have a whole lot of people around you? Uh, you may not have the uh, privilege of having a study or, you know, a, a good working environment. So all those things need to be taken into account. As corporates, they need to know whether the environment is conducive for the staff to work from home. It's not... Uh, uh, good making a rule okay fine you work from home but you, they need to know they need to go one step further and understand the dynamics of their staff home environment so if they do have that privacy or that um, you know situation where they can sit and work from home uh, it, maybe they will be allowed to come into the office as such so I think, I think without making a standard ruling, they need to uh, talk and find uh, ways in which to get uh, the woman back in the workplace. Sure, sure. I appreciate that. Maybe something else that we can explore that's related to something you mentioned about your daughter. And it's something I can identify with living in, in, in Gauteng. In, in KZN, particularly in Durban, you have a very strong sense of community. So you know your neighbors, you intimately have relationships, they go across decades. It becomes a very family-like community relationship. That dynamic is very different as you move out of Durban. And as you speak of, we, you're very focused on community work. If you live in places like I live in Pretoria or your daughter in, in, in Vitbank and other uh, cities, that sense of community almost doesn't exist because it's very focused on turnaround, very transactional. I can tell you, I have seen one of my neighbors once in three months, and it's probably a greeting on the driveway as we go past, but that sense of community is missing. How important do you believe that is, not just to women, but as a sense of belonging in this COVID crisis time? Okay, I think it's, it's absolutely necessary to have a neighbor you can call on. They always say your neighbor is your first family. And I miss that when visiting my daughter because I don't know her neighbors. In the times of need, where do you go? Because the nearest relative is two hours away. Uh, what do you do in a situation? How do you build up relationships? But with the new generation being so intertwined with technology and pushing targets and all sorts of stuff, it's difficult for them to, uh, I, I would say, intermingle with their neighbors, unlike us in Durban, where if I am sick, my neighbors already know that I'm ill, and there comes a hot meal for the family. You don't have that in Houting and Woodbank and wherever else. Yeah. So I think as well, people should be also making the effort in getting to know the neighbors. Not only that, you need to get involved in your no, no, normal civic, your normal CPF. That is your first step and the schools 
to getting to know who is in your area. And by that, you can start building up relationships. It doesn't mean you have to go knocking on your neighbor's door, but you will then get to know the people in your neighborhood, which is, I think, very important. In times of need, you would know, okay, I have a situation at home. Who do I get to? The CPF will sit in to help you or somebody from the civic who is aligned maybe to the law enforcement. We have direct channels. So it's important. You cannot live in your own little bubble. You need to go out there. You need to be exposed. You need to know what is around you because ultimately your whole life revolves around your community and it's up to you to be that change. So if I'm not being proactive, you need to go out there and make that change. What would be your advice to professionals and women in in, in the work environment or, or at home during this COVID crisis? We have to get away from the old normal embrace the changes, do the best you can, take all the precautions. If you are the role model at home, the rest of the family is going to follow. So if we can do the best we can to protect ourselves, I am sure we're going to uh, you know, delay COVID-19 from reaching our doors because at the moment our communities on a daily basis, we are seeing more and more people who are passing away in our neighborhood. Just as from Friday to today, we had three people we have lost. So people now are recognizing it has arrived. They now need to step up and do the best they can. But you still have those who have still got that mindset, it's not going to reach me. I suppose once it comes uh, to a family member or somebody you know, then their mindsets will change. But from the time COVID-19 arrived <clears throat> up until now, mindsets are changing. People are now, we are, uh, are not trying to stigmatize anymore. They're trying to empathize, which is a good thing. And this is what we say, you know, uh, be the best you can, be as supportive as you can, because people are going through something they have never been through before. And the loneliness of being alone when you're passing away is the biggest hurdle uh, for anybody to accept. And especially with the type of funerals now, which is uh, which has to be done under the COVID protocols. And people can't seem to get around it. And more and more people are going for counseling, which is a good thing to deal with that because they're not getting closure. And I think that is the biggest heartache or heartbreak for everyone right now, is not being able to say a proper goodbye. Correct. But thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to chatting in the future. And uh, congratulations for all the work that you do for our communities. Uh, Thank you so much, and I would like to thank you for being the frontline worker out there and all the people out there who are saving lives on a hourly basis and um, you know we, uh, people who were not given the type of respect before are now being given that and I salute you all for the type of work you all are doing as well thank you great lovely chatting be well thank you Dan. bye bye bye